Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. I don't want to give away my age, but just hearing this jingle takes me back to my childhood. I can remember pleading with my parents to take me to Toys R Us when I was a kid, but that's all over now, and not just because I'm older. It is officially game over for Toys R Us. Going out of business sales begin next week at dozens of Toys R Us stores. The iconic store chain Toys R Us will sell or close all of its U.S. stores in the coming months. That also means laying off the company's more than 30,000 employees. And with no plans to pay severance, many of them over the past week have protested in front of stores and the headquarters of the private equity firms that own the company. and what's owed to us for decades of service. The end of what was at one point the nation's leading toy store and how it happened is this week's cover story in Bloomberg Business Week out today. And joining me are two reporters who worked on that story, Susan Burfield and Matthew Townsend. Susan, let me start with you. Can you just give me a little bit of the history of the company? Yeah. Charles Lazarus founded the company. He came back from World War II, uh, looked around, saw that everyone was starting families, probably buying houses, and they were going to fill it with lots of stuff. So he decided he was going to sell toys. He was one of the first to really start the big box formats. Alongside it, Sam Walton was building up Walmart at the same time. You know, it was the era of conformity, of lots of choice, eventually television and television advertising and the jingle. And by the 1980s, they had really, Toys R Us had really dominated the toy market. You know, Goldman Sachs was calling it the biggest retail success story, and Charles Lazarus was among the most well-paid executives in the country. So Matthew, Lazarus stepped down in 1994. What happened after he left? Well, there was a succession of CEOs that had sort of big ideas about what to do with Toys R Us. You know, one of the guys came in and said, let's go big and broad. And they bought a big headquarters in Wayne, New Jersey. They became sort of this big corporate behemoth. They bought FAO Schwartz, a sort of famous New York City toy store. And they just really expanded across the country. I mean, it was a big play about trying to get a Toys R Us into every sort of suburban shopping center. So the company uh, filed for bankruptcy, and we are talking about a toy story here. So there's got to be a villain and there's got to be a hero. So (laughs) who, who plays that role in the demise of Toys R Us? There's a couple, I guess, villains, but, you know, the private equity firms, KKR, Bain, and Vernado, they bought the company in 2005. And basically, it's called a leverage buyout. They load up the company with a lot of debt to make the purchase. And then the company going forward has to figure out a way to exit. Basically, wanted to become a public company again. And the debt payments were over $400 million a year. And many times, that would wipe out their profits for the entire year. So it was a tough business to run with that sort of always overhanging the business. Yeah, I would also point out that at the time of the buyout, you could argue that Toys R Us had peaked. You know, Walmart was already selling more toys. So in terms of stores and the big box competition, Toys R Us was losing. In terms of online and Amazon. um, We were talking 2005. I've heard of Amazon by that point. Yeah, yeah. They know what's going on. I think they should have seen what's coming. Now, could they foresee the broader recession and then the subsequent upheaval in the retail industry broadly? I don't know if we can lay that on them, but... Their deal assumed that Toys R Us could do everything right. And in fact, Toys R Us did almost nothing right. 
Well, you, you write in the story that Toys R Us was killed by bigger and more powerful rivals. What were those more powerful rivals? Those are the two that are killing everybody, Walmart and Amazon, <laughs> though Target, too, sells a lot of toys now. So I think a lot of retailers saw Toys R Us faltering, and they realized there was an opportunity there. Toys R Us also had a division that sold baby goods, you know, diapers and things. And once Amazon and Target started the subscription model, Toys R Us was just way far behind all of that. And I think what we concluded is that Toys R Us could have survived because ultimately people may want to go to stores if those stores are interesting, you know, if they are convenient and if they know they're getting a good price, right? And Parents are looking for things to do with their kids. You know, kids love to go to toy stores. You could think just like offhand, offer classes, you know, have a Lego competition. I mean, a million different things, you know, something that gives you something else to do aside from just breezing in and out of the store people are or not for going at all. Yes, yeah, for or, sure. Or even hosting birthday parties. That was something that right, was brought up often that they were, they were sort of testing in the late stages of the, yeah. the company was... Why not have birthday parties here? And, you know, we should point out that though they are liquidating, you know, in the end, they still had 14% of the market share and something like $7 billion in sales in the U.S. So it's not like no one was going there, but not enough people were going there. And that's just amazing that they were that big and, you know, generating that level of revenue. And yet now they're at the point where they have to basically sell everything to raise money to pay off all their creditors. And they're probably not even going to raise enough money. Who's going to get the short end of the stick? So the toy companies that shipped products to Toys R Us are going to get cents on the dollar for what they sent. Um, I talked to a toy vendor, and she was talking about going into a Toys R Us store, seeing her products being bought by consumers, knowing that she would probably never see that money. And Susan, with these stores, uh, more than 700 of them closing, more than 30,000 employees who are going to lose their jobs and health insurance. I mean, what recourse do they have? Not very much. Employees are sadly, to me, considered very low down on the priorities of people who need to be paid back or taken care of. And so once they are laid off from Toys R Us, which is you know happening and will by the end of June be complete, that's pretty much it. I mean, I know there's protests and they're kind of pushing to change the bankruptcy laws and also, I think, shame the private equity firms into making some kind of deals with them. But I think that seems pretty unlikely, unfortunately. Is the failure of Toys R Us just one particular story or does it say something bigger about the retail industry? I think it says something bigger about the retail industry. And that is that it is a really tough time now. Obviously, not every big chain is going to go out of business. But what we see when we look back at Toys R Us is year after year, they missed opportunities. And when they needed to really invest a lot of money in the company to make the stores more modern, to make their website better, and to be able to deliver products faster, they didn't do it. And if you don't do it, you are going to end up being crushed by the companies that are. Susan Burfield and Matthew Townsend are both reporters for Bloomberg Businessweek. You can read their story, Tears Are Us, in this week's issue of the magazine. Thank you both for coming. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. 